You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. How can we think about things in a different way than we've thought about them before? From hiring, from insider training, from these awards to everything that we do is we can look at it and go, okay, if we're already doing this, how can we do it in a way that will create even more impact, create even more value, create even more inclusion and belonging? Hey, hey there, and welcome back to Pause on a Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal as well as consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host, India Jackson, to get the dialogue going. So this episode has been a long time coming. We have been very fortunate uh, since about the middle of last year approximately 18 months, to uh, be working with the team at Martha Beck Incorporated. And the beauty of the work that we've done there is that it has been impactful in ways that I did not expect when we initially began working together. I had no idea how um, expansive it would be and how beneficial it would be to just kind of witness the impact that's possible when you're open to shifting how things have always been done in order to do things in a way that is more equitable for everyone involved. And Andy and I have absolutely loved being able to support the team, but also to know that we're a part of, you know, again, really embodying what matters to us. And we, enjoy working with them. Um, As you will hear in our conversation, there's a lot of laughter and we genuinely do laugh with them. And it's been an amazing ride to be able to be a part of creating impact and enjoying the ride along the way. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, hey, lady. Hey, how are you? (laughs) This feels like a setup question. It's, it's, making, <laughs> it's making me recognize how often people ask and it's like, I don't really know how to answer this. How much time you got? <laughs> because like, I am fine. Listeners don't know that like your whole wrist is shot to shingles right now. So I feel like if I answer, it's going to be strange if I then turn around and say, well, how are you? <laughs> 
So that's been showing up for me over the last, it's been just under a week um, as we're recording right now that I broke my wrist. Um, I'm like, hmm, do I just say I'm great? But then you like, you see the big old thing on my arm at some point in video and like, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Or do I just get it out the way in the beginning? Yeah. (laughs) The interesting thing is I've noticed a lot of little things like that recently that have definitely prompted me to really question deeper things that I've always done. Um, One of them is definitely the how are you, which I've always known, like it's a very surface level question. Um, If you're not careful, it really is just placating a lack of connection. And at the same time, I've noticed things like that automatic response that I've been conditioned to have of bless you if somebody sneezes and then me being like, Mm. wait, I'm not even religious. Why am I saying this? I'm confused. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely made me revisit the whole like cultural expectation to say we're fine, even when we're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, exactly. And I think it's it, it's really interesting when you um, are kind of witnessing things happen around you in life that prompt you to question things that you've taken for granted and you know, it's a it's a huge part of what we do here with really wanting to remind people to reconsider their normal. And we do this a lot with clients. And when it's brought up for me individually or for with those, you know, that are around me having to do this, it really does reiterate the importance of continuously questioning what you've always done and really having to say why. Yeah. And um uh, being transparent, one of the things that's shown up for me, because um, this broken, what is it called? A Collie's fracture of my right radius, and I'm right-handed, um, has also, you know, allowed me to experience temporary disability. Um, and a lot of the things that come with that of access and um, like even the insurance company, like emailing me paperwork to fill out and sign. I'm like, you know, I can't though. <laughs> you know? Like, what right. are you asking? I mean, if you want to be able to read it, we need to figure right. out a digital option. <laughs> Correct. Um, but on the flip side of that, it's also bought up for me um, a lot of mindset things of just kind of navigating, you know, and reconciling the disappointment with this physical setback. And how I'm so grateful that I have an amazing coach and a great physical therapist that I've been working with for a while and great doctors and great friends like you around me to keep spirits high, but also real um, through this process that understand many layers as to not just, you know, oh, here's an injury, but also the other added implications of that and then the layers and layers of lived experience and race and access and everything else that comes into play and I don't know it just made me so excited for today's interview because I recognize that part of the reason why I have access to these people and these professionals is because they were able to get the tools and the education that it takes to be able to do what they do. And this is where I think it is so important um, to really consider who has the tools and who do they have access to, which is a large part of why we have switched 
how our own language is around it, but also how we preface it to others and support them in shifting scholarships to awards. And this is why I'm so excited to be able to have this conversation um, with someone that we have completely created this for them in a way that has just, it's been an honor to watch just how much it's evolved and uh, the types of people that are submitting themselves from it and the outcomes that can come from it. And it's amazing. So I would love to first and foremost tell you a little bit about Jennifer Voss. Uh, With more than 30 years of experience in business ownership and executive level management, uh, Jennifer has leveraged her understanding of the industry and personal evolution. And as a coach, you know, she teaches, I'm sorry, coaches, leaders to trust their intuition, stay grounded in their integrity, and to inspire teams to reach common goals. She trusts in synchronicity and believes that our creative powers are of greatest service and impact when we walk with one foot in the magic and the other in the real, or walk or crawl or roll with one foot in the magic and other in the real, (laughs) however you need to do it. (laughs) Jennifer is a seasoned executive coach and is proud to be the CEO and director of Wayfinding for Martha Beck Incorporated. Welcome, Jennifer. Well, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. (laughs) And yes to the crawling sometimes. It's it's a thing. It's a thing. And I'm I'm going to preface this now. I am very accustomed to calling Jennifer Javo. So if you hear me say that, you're going to be like, who is Javo? It is is the short name. It's the nickname we call her. (laughs) So I don't want people like, wait, are we talking about somebody else? No, it is. It is still her. I just, I, we don't call you Jennifer. We call you Javo. So. No. Yeah, that yes. felt strange for me to hear you saying Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I would love to have you start by telling uh, the listening audience a little bit about who you are, because you are more than just the bio. So share a little bit about who you are or maybe something that makes you kind of take the approach that you do with what you do. Uh, Well, as you said, I am a coach coming out of a a corporate background. And one of the one of our values that we bring is that we stay remain in perpetual creative response to whatever's present, which means I'm a continuous learner. And the past couple of years, I think I would not be here if that weren't the case, because the past couple of years have just doled out all kinds of learning experiences. And it's, it's where I have, I have fun. It's like a life is sort of like a puzzle sometimes trying to figure it out and put it together. And the fact that our paths crossed, I feel so fortunate because what you were saying at the very beginning about helping people question kind of what is their norm um, is exactly what y'all have helped me and us as a team to do. So kind of, it, I have fun doing that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm a little bit of a workaholic kind of nerd. So when you say, tell me about yourself, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the one thing that I do want to also share here is, yes, you know, you're a client of ours, we work together, but I also want to preface that this laughter that people are hearing, this is commonplace for us. Like, this mm-hmm. is not just like, oh, we're on the episode and we're just like, like no, we talk like people Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. humanize one another and it's like how are you and we you know really do spend time being people and 
laughter is such an important part of that. And I think that that doesn't always show up in a working relationship. And I think it's lent itself to us doing even more because of that. Oh, yes. Yeah. If we couldn't laugh, that'd be a problem. (laughs) Right. It'd be a problem. (laughs) Agreed. So, So I know that obviously when we started working together, it was a very different time in life. Um, Mm -hmm. Last year to this year, I don't really know how many lives we have all lived, but it has been multiple. Um, And so I'd love to start off by you kind of sharing a little bit of insight into what your primary goal was when we first started working together and what it is now, because quite a Mm -hmm. bit has evolved in a beautiful way since then. Yes, complete transparency. When we originally were looking for uh, DEI consultants, it was after last summer, and we found ourselves in a place where we needed help understanding what we didn't know in the realm of diversity, equity, inclusion within our coach training program. Coaching is a predominantly white industry traditionally, and so is our company. And we found ourselves looking kind of in the mirror saying, I I don't know what to do next. And we needed help. And I needed help um, to be even able to talk about it and figure out what is it that I don't know and how can we make some shifts to make an impact. So that's was the original intent and the original goal and so much more. We've gotten so much more than that. (laughs) That's a lot. And um, you've helped us question and look at and fine tune and create so many small shifts that I believe will create not just immediate impact, but long-term impact. Yeah, I can agree completely. The, the beautiful thing is, I think, yes, last year prompted a lot of people to kind of flood the space to find um, mm-hmm. people that did DEI. The beauty of India and I is that I do have the DEI lens. Um, India uses Mm -hmm. that lens with what she does, but because she comes with that tangible, I think it really does lend itself to when you are examining um, processes and, and, you know, standard operating procedures and just the way that things are actually playing out. And I think that does, you know, make a difference. And I'm curious, India, if, if you find that that's the same, but I've, I found that there were some people that were so focused on the DEI part that they really didn't think about diversity, equity, and inclusion being aspects of how they actually ran their businesses. I agree completely. I think at that time, there were so many people who, if we can be honest, I I think many people were operating out of fear. And Mm -hmm. um, that fear led them to looking at things in a very, a very um, simplistic and very like boxed in way. And it made it challenging for them to expand the possibility of DEI not being just something that they were going to do. But as you say, Erica, the way that you do all things and the lens that you do all things through. And so it's just, it's always been very apparent to me when I think about um, our relationship with you, Javo, as well as the entire MBI team that we work with, is that it started from the beginning of, I want to change something, but I want this change to be baked into how we do everything. And 
lasting, right? And mm-hmm. coming from a place of integrity and transparency. And I think that that clarity, in my opinion, also changed how you showed up. Um, it's been a great relationship from the mm-hmm. beginning. And a lot of the urgency and scarcity and things like that that we've seen from people who are responding to a crisis uh, wasn't really there in our relationship. Yes. Well, I have to, I will, I will admit there was fear on my side and <laughs> you, you helped coach me through that. And to see so many people are asking, what are we going to do immediately? Are we going to add a DEI module to our coach training and how are we going to teach people to do this? And all of that felt like it was trying to put a band-aid performative. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was the one of the biggest lessons was, wait a minute, this is not a module we add to our training. This is how can we look through one of the first things we did was look through the lens of our values, fine tune, you know, what what are our values? And then how do we want to move through the world and then create it from there? And then we are acting in a way that will organically build, I hope, organically build diversity, um, naturally make it an inclusive Place where people feel true belonging. And that ended up being the ultimate goal or still is the ultimate goal. Yeah. And I'm so glad that there was that, you know, initial stimulus and then the pausing to really think about how do we carry this out in a way that feels true to who we are and -hmm. is going to create the long lasting results that we're looking for. Um, I think that that for many people can make all the difference and the way that they're moving through how they're changing things within their brand. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So being that, you know, yes, we have gone through a number of, you know, individual pieces in our time together, but um, I think really being able to create uh, the awards program as it now stands has definitely been a huge part of that. And before we get into that, I would love to first ask what, does the concept of awards mean to you? Because I would, I want to talk about what it actually is, but I feel like it's such a different concept than most people are accustomed to. So I'm curious what your take on that is. Well, we used to call them scholarships and they were just that people had to apply and it was usually financially or need-based. And we had a small committee of two that would review them. And what we've done is switched it and you helped coach us through this to awards. It's impact based. It's not based on financial need or any anything that we can't even prove. Um, it's it's what is this how how are these tools going to be taken into the world and what impact is going to be created and how can we help serve and um, create impact in underserved populations. So there's a whole mind shift mindset shift around it of of its um, merit-based. Um, it's not a scholarship in that now you have to keep performing in order to keep it. It's it's an award. It's a, it's, it's how could, let's go create impact together. That's how I view it. I'm so glad you used that word because the performance <laughs> is what so many people miss. And it's almost like, I mean, I, I almost think about it in the sense of like, wait, okay, they gave me this because they think I'm poor. I have to constantly be poor. I can't ever be anything but poor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't like 
where mm-hmm. that can put somebody. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it feels like the the worst kind of sitcom from the 80s that didn't age well. And we look at it now like, oh, that's how you had to show up to do this. That's terrible. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the reality is, is when this was created, um, scholarships is a concept that is commonly used and it is very need based and it's very financially based. And the concept of deciding that somebody gets something simply based on money is to me problematic in itself because mm-hmm. you're already assuming um you know, through the lens of most scholarships that this is also tied to someone's skin tone, how they identify, which Mm -hmm. already in itself is a problem. And it also does not address the impact that's going to be made. Who are you working with? You know, what communities are going to benefit from this? And to me, really leaving that impact piece out is 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 a huge disservice to the entire concept. And so being able to shift scholarships over to awards really does, you know, put the impact piece first. And I think with mm-hmm. MBI being able to prioritize putting these uh, awards into um, communities that can benefit from this healing, being able to have people certified as coaches that may not have some of them may not have even known it was a thing, may not have known that they had access to it, may not have known that it was possible for them, may not have known that they could take this back to the communities that they support and how they can kind of continue that conduit of healing. And so being able to prioritize that really shifts the entire energy behind it. And like you said, there's all these moving pieces when it comes to who are you prioritizing that's going to benefit from it? Who are you prioritizing that's applying for it? Who is choosing? Like there's all of these pieces. And I think that, you know, those are just some of the things that I think have kind of evolved it. And so I'm curious how the process as a whole has really impacted MBI in the way that it does things outside of awards as well. Because I think that awards is just one thing, but I feel like this awards process has impacted quite a bit as a whole. It has. And one of the things that I didn't mention, but you mentioned it briefly, Erica, is that the choice process, who receives the award, is that's something we used to do in-house. And again, we're not diverse yet as as a team. And so the selection process was through a very narrow lens, let's say. And one of the things you've helped us do is move that outside of MBI. We have a committee um, outside of MBI that does all of the review process for who gets selected for these awards, which to me makes it feel like it has even more impact. It's not just through my narrow lens. It's through uh, the, the lens of a very diverse committee. And I think it makes it even more of a powerful process. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to also note that um, that committee is paid. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. many situations where I've seen people um, want to change how things are done, but they're not thinking about even small pieces like that of equity and making sure that it's built with equity in mind from the ground up. And so this committee that is selecting is also compensated for their time. Oh, absolutely. 
Yes. yes. And so with, with that, I want to lay out too that there is, um, again, and these are some of the differences in, you know, scholarships versus awards and how you've adapted this to work for you and that, you know, one, it's who you're prioritizing to receive the awards, like who you are uh, clearly acknowledging this is who we prioritize to receive this. So that doesn't mean that you won't receive it if you don't identify this way, but this is who we are acknowledging we want to be priorities Um and like that's included uh, BIPOC, LGBTQIA, people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also, again, having a committee of diverse people. And that's diverse as far as age, race, gender, uh, sexual orientation, uh, the industries that they're working in. So it is, you know, a, a very diverse group, you know, where they're located. And the selection process, you know, you don't know what anyone else is choosing. So it's anonymous. It's not like, let me look at your test and see who you said deserved it more so I can pick that way. Um, but it's also that understanding that this is not about how much money you don't have. This is not about, you know, some of your trauma and let's pick you based on how bad your life was. And I think, you know, laying that uh, out is important. So- I agree. And I wanted to pause you on that for a moment because when you talk about this is how much money you have, right? And that you need this because you are financially like not well, (laughs) or uh, you could use additional financial support. um, And then you need to like prove that to me. It makes me immediately think about the application process in itself before we even get to selecting who receives an award. But like what kind of questions are asked. And that has changed quite a bit as well in this process. Absolutely. One of the things that that's another thing that you, you helped us with is what questions actually make people feel comfortable answering so that they're not judged or put on the spot or have to feel like they have to prove something, that they actually get excited about the possibility. Those are the kind of questions you helped us ask, I think, I, I believe. I think the possibility part is a huge thing that stands out to me because the entire awards process is about possibility. You know, what Mm -hmm. can happen when this modality is given to people that are not traditionally a large percentage of the coaching industry? I'm a part of the coaching industry and it is very, very white. And Mm -hmm. that now means that you are shifting the possibility of who can also receive it. And I think being able to have possibility be a part of the process really does make a big difference. And I think that in shifting from scholarships to awards, because even though this process process that um, we utilize to kind of shift people in that way, is extremely impactful. And I have yet to have anybody that doesn't see the benefit of it. It's still not the norm. And so, you know, with you kind of switching and going with that instead, to me, it does kind of showcase where you are really creating a clear line of demarcation that we're not going to just do what everyone else in this industry is doing. So I'm curious from, you know, your perspective, how, you know, doing things like this or in this way really is an opportunity to take conscious control of the influence that, you know, Martha Beck Incorporated has. 
Oh, that's a great question. You asked a question a few minutes ago, too, about how have we made changes just outside of the awards process? And I think it steps back into having gone through and solidified our values first, is that if we can look through the lens of our values and we can look at this process, how can we duplicate it in other places? How can we think about things in a different way than we've thought about them before? And a, and a couple of um, other things that we've done is reconsidered how do we hire? Um, how do we create the curriculum? Uh, how do you've helped us look at, at um, some of the curriculum and reworking it to where it feels more inclusive or it, it um, is easier to facilitate in a way that um, focuses on impact rather than on the person as a coach so that dialogue and discussion can be around uh, not self-serving type dialogue. It can be more about impact-based dialogue. Um, they're just across the board from hiring, from inside our training, from these awards to everything that we do is we can look at it and go, okay, if we're already doing this, how can we do it in a way that will create even more impact, create even more value, create even more inclusion and belonging. Uh, it's really opened the lens, the aperture up. I love that you shared that because I think so many times values can be looked at as this work that we do. And then like we post it up on our website. And that's kind of that. Mm -hmm. And it's been really beautiful to watch the values get integrated into every single part of the business and brand. And then also in the way that things get carried out in action, not just what someone's reading. I agree. Mm -hmm. People always think they know what to expect, but remind them that they haven't met you yet. Bi-weekly, India Jackson, my co-founder over here at Pause on a Play, has conversations exploring branding and visibility. Own your own values and amplify your influence by giving the Flaunt Your Fire podcast a follow today. You know, we can't talk around topics. We must use language to call it what it is, no matter how palatable or not so palatable. It just might be. And in order to get to that point, you want to be in alignment with what matters to you and why. This was a key piece that laid the foundation for everything that we've engaged in and evolved over at Martha Beck Incorporated. You've heard Jennifer talk about this today. This makes such a difference. Leading through your values. It means being explicit about what you support and how your actions are aligned with that. Every person you hire, every business you buy from, they all bring you closer to or further away from your values. So today you can go ahead and get clear on what your values are so you can make decisions from a place of clarity. These are the decisions that will ultimately shape your company culture. Today is your time. Come on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit. Sign up for our values masterclass and let's get your foundation ready today. When we talk about, you know, being in action and impact and um, actually not only creating these things just for the sake of creating, but how is it like a, a living, breathing thing? Um, all of these things that we've been doing, there's been a lot happening over the past 
I don't know, let's say 18 months or so. And the reality is, is that for a lot of people, they did nothing. They stopped. And whether it was because they just felt stuck, they felt fear, they felt trepidation, or they just simply went dormant. You know, this isn't what happened. I mean, the, the list of things that we have done with you has been long. And I don't even realize how much it is until I really sit down. And I'm like, oh, we did this, we did this, we did this. <laughs> and I'm curious, you know, how is it that, you know, you have been able to figure out how to keep yourself and your team um, forward focused at a time when for a lot of people moving forward felt impossible? Well, you're our coach. That's one way that you coach this through a lot of it. Um, I, I'm being serious. It, that has been a, a key point because there have been times actually when people have emailed us or written in and said, why aren't you doing anything? I don't see you're doing anything. You're still very white. You're still very, you know, there's not a lot of diversity. And it, when I know and we all know as a team, we're actually doing a whole whole hell of a lot behind the scenes, it can be a little bit um, deflating because we know it's a marathon. It's This is not a sprint. This is not something we can snap our fingers and all of a sudden we're going to, it's going to be a diverse industry and we're going to have a diverse, you know, community of coaches that it is something, it is something that's for the long haul. And so really grounding again in the fact that, okay, we are doing our work, we are doing things and it's going to take a minute. And and coming back together as a team, one of our values is, is teamwork, coming back together as a team and checking in. Okay, we're, we're still doing our work, aren't we? Yes, we are. Okay, let's keep going. That's, that's how. It, it can't be done in a, in a vacuum. It, it takes the collaboration and the connection um, and the ability to have people like, like us. We can laugh together and say, okay, yeah, wait, we are. We're, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Well, Agreed. and one of the things that I've witnessed, um, you know, as someone who does go behind the scenes in quite a few other businesses with Erica and also, you know, on my own and in the past, is that you lead your team very much from acknowledging their humanity first. And mm. I've noticed um, you've had some very interesting practices and approaches to um, ensuring that rest and recovery is happening during stressful times. Could you talk a little bit about like what some of that looks like? Oh, sustainability. Another one of our values that, uh, okay, transparency again, sometimes we don't do so well, but it's become more important since this is a marathon and it is an on, ongoing thing. So uh, we're consciously taking downtime as a team over the Thanksgiving holidays and over Christmas holidays and from time to time so that we do focus on rest that our operations call every week. The top thing on the agenda is always stories so we can laugh and what do we need to do to ensure sustainability? Those are the top, top two things. So it, it becomes again, something on an ongoing basis. And a lot of times I like to move quickly through the world. And a lot of times we have to remind each other, okay, slow down. Is this sustainable? What are the downstream effects of this decision? Um, those are questions we ask ourselves. And, you know, from this awards, even, you know, back to the awards, having the outside committee help us because the number of award applications we've come, that have come in 
it's it's a huge huge relief from a sustainability perspective to have external eyes on everything and to helping us helping us do this the right way and not not assuming that we all have to do things in house and it then gets compromised all of that i see here i want to pause for a second i want to acknowledge that there and this might seem like a small thing but to me this matters um just as a an example of what that sustainability looks like we were having some conversations about deadlines and you know what needed to be done and some things around the holidays and our you know holiday time was it, like our our break looks a little bit different than yours and you were mm-hmm. very explicit and like Mm-mm, I don't want you doing anything <laughs> that's not going to happen and <laughs> to me that was really important because very often service providers end up feeling like the help when they work with clients Mm. and they'll feel like, no, just get it done. Oh, it's fine. You can just do this. I know it's Saturday, but, and you will often make that, you know, really clear statement of like, no, take care of yourself, take time off. You need rest, you know, and it's, it's something that to me models what's possible when you include people as members of your team and you prioritize their well-being just as much as you do your own. And mm. I want this to happen more often because to be totally honest, if that was happening more often, then we wouldn't be in the middle of the great resignation as people are just like, I'm yes. out of here. Yes, I'm okay for th- for things to take a little bit longer if it ends up we're sustainable and we're making impact for a longer period of time and more impact, it can take a little bit longer. Right. In full transparency, we are often like, it's, you know, we we appreciate receiving it, but we also appreciate being able to remind, you know, you and the other team members that it's, it is okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's, <laughs> we, we do that with each other. Yes. Yes. You remind <laughs> me often and I so appreciate it. It's like, what did you say the other day, Javo? <laughs> <laughs> And I I, I just I think that that's again, that's just so important because that to me is a large part of being a leader. That's what leadership is. It's not being um, the, you know, spokesperson or the head necessarily of something. It really is about what you're modeling. And I'm curious if there's anything that you would want other leaders in this industry to know about changes that they can make that would make things more equitable for everybody involved, including themselves? You know, I I was thinking about that. And the thing that comes to mind is that if, if they really get clear around their values and they're in a service industry, and so their heart, you know, it's a heart-based industry, that when, when you look through that lens and look at the things you're already doing and the goals for the company that, that you're leading, can't go wrong if you if you lead through that lens and then so that's one thing is to to take some time to really get solid on that and then seek seek a team um don't think you have to do it all on your own especially if you don't have the training or the experience um having you on on our team and having the whole team uh it's invaluable We've so enjoyed being a part of your team and it's just been very different to witness how 
you know, getting integrated into different brands, teams can look so different. And yes, um, it's, it's really stood out to me that part of that leadership, part of that creating impact um, goes back to a word that's really important for me, which is influence. And that can easily get conflated into being like an influencer with affiliate partner links and stuff. (laughs) But it really means being influential. You know, are people Mm -hmm. witnessing what you're doing and considering that as a possibility for themselves? Are they um, witnessing what you're saying and considering it for themselves and for the others around them? And I feel like Martha herself, as well as the entire brand and the way that you're doing so many things, um, is really influencing an entire industry of coaching. And I'm curious to know, you know, how has the work that you've been doing influencing your life as well outside of the business? Well, first of all, from looking at values and sustainability and it's 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 a big reminder to I don't only want to live this within the the company but within my own personal life as well that um you know how how can I remind myself that it is important to take the breaks and it is important to do that um but also it, leading through if you're leading your work through the lens of your values you can't, I can't help because my work is so intertwined. Like I said, I'm a workaholic geek. Um, my life is so <laughs> intertwined into the work that I do that I can't help but then, you know, plan my nights and plan plan my weekends. And sometimes I don't do it so well, <laughs> but um, want to do that through the lens of my values as well. And so it one spills over into the other. And so it has impacted um, it, my life. And the working working with everything that's happened over the past two years and working with the two of you and having you on the team has allowed me to, or prompted me to question a lot of things I thought were true. And so that always spills over into life as well, not just work. It's like, oh, is this true? Is this really what I think? Is this really what I believe? Is this really what I want to be doing? Is this even where I want to live on this, on this planet? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it ventures out into all areas. So... I have I have a thought, but I'm going to actually lead it by answering it, because <laughs> I think when when you spend time with people um, and for a lot of people, like you mentioned, you spend a lot more time sometimes with the people you work with than mm-hmm. the people outside of work. And it's it's not always a bad thing. And I think when you have relationships that you value and, um, you know, connections and relationships that are actually, you know, mutually beneficial and supportive, then it doesn't feel as much like work. And I think one of the things that um, I have learned in the time that I've spent, um, you know, being, and I don't always say this, and I need to do better at this, but it's it's a little humbling, even when I say it, like of being a team member um, of MBI, that one of the interesting things that I've learned is that I, you know, knew that that concept of awards to scholarships, uh, being able to shift that was huge, but I didn't know how huge. And I had no idea that it would so deeply and beautifully impact an industry 
that I am a part of and that I do seek for it to evolve in um, a more equitable and, and beautiful way. And yet knowing the power of coaching, um, it's just been so interesting to me to realize how being who I am and how I am, which occasionally means taking y'all to church on a call because that's what I do. Um, (laughs) There's nothing like being taken to church by Erica. (laughs) And it's, it's been, you know, such a beautiful thing to recognize that just to, to really see it play out that me being me can impact um, such such large things that can happen and have mm-hmm. widespread impact. And that's been, it's mm-hmm. been beautiful. It's been humbling. It's been heartwarming. It's, you know, tear inducing because it's just like, Oh mm-hmm. shit, this is, this is a thing. And so for me, that has been humongous. And I'm just, I'm just really grateful for the opportunities that have come up to really, really make a difference. And it can be so easy from the outside to think, well, what's happening? I'm not sure what's going on. And mm-hmm. I can tell you from the, the 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 warm ball that sits in the middle of my chest when I do this, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious the same, like what's something that you've kind of uncovered or learned in our time together? Oh, well, back to something you mentioned, or India, you may have mentioned that a lot of people come came into this work 18 months ago from a place of fear. And it, that is where I started, and I can still go there from time to time. But for the most part now, it, this feels like something that has been integrated or is integrated to the, to the point that it can be of a way of being, of moving through the world to in order to create more impact it's not just diversity equity inclusion it's it's impact based and it's and if i feel into you talked about the warm ball in your chest if i feel into the potential the possibility that you know could start with these awards but it it can just the ripple effect from that it feels immense and it's beautiful and it is very heartwarming and that becomes the reason I don't even know how to put it into words, really. But the reason that I do what I do, that our team does what we do, is how can we touch from this heartfelt place as many people as possible and help them? And that just talk about the warm, the warm ball in your chest (laughs) is like, uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. How about you, India? Um, (laughs) I think for me, it's really been a learning of transparency. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of different brands over the years. Uh, and so have you, Erica, and many of those we've worked with together. And there's been a beautiful level of transparency, um, that I always knew was possible but hadn't quite seen fully in action until (laughs) working with the Martha Beck team and specifically you, Jennifer, and, and seeing where that can lead, right? Because the awards process has created so much beautiful impact, 
But a lot of what led us to even have the process that we have now, as well as so many other changes within the brand, like internal newsletters for the team and Mm -hmm. um, continuing the diversity conversation and inclusion and belonging section within the newsletter for the coaches. I mean, all of these things, I feel like they all came from being willing to be uncomfortable enough to start talking about something that maybe you hadn't seen done before, or that Mm -hmm. maybe something made you feel uncomfortable, or you have this, you know, wild idea and you don't know if anyone's going to like it, but we can all be transparent with each other enough to do that and to feel Mm -hmm. like it's safe enough to do so. And that's transpired into so much innovation. Mm-hmm. And just this one partnership. As Jabo always says, I'm like, I love us. <laughs> I love us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the again, there's there's so many pieces of what's happened and you know, a large cornerstone has been, you know, shifting scholarships to awards. But as you said, values is really where so much of it started. And this has been something that, you know, it has felt really good to be a part of and to really being able to witness this evolution happening. It's, it's really laying out what's possible. And so it's, it's, it's been a beautiful thing. And if you were to kind of give one action that you'd like the listeners uh, to take after they've listened, that could create change. Is there one thing that you would ask them to do? I would say to look at what you're already doing well, what is already making a small impact and see how you can amplify it. We were already doing scholarships, but we, it, we weren't doing it in a way that could create the impact. And so it was a relatively, it wasn't simple, but it was very intuitively the right next thing and just focusing there on something we were already doing, it didn't mean we had to create something new or change the direction of the ship altogether. We could just take the momentum we already had and go with it. I love it. Because so often I think people are like, oh, I need to throw it all out and start again. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. to completely go from the ground up. And it's like, but if you already have something, even if mm-hmm. you feel like it's not exactly the thing yet, who's to say that it can't be? Mm-hmm. And so, Yeah. I I agree with that. And I think that's a much better use of um, resources, whether that's effort, whether that's time, you know, uh, just everybody that has put um, something into something instead of just tossing it, being able to figure out how to Mm -hmm. evolve it and amplify it for impact and for change. I Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I, I, I think that that's a more, it's a better use of resources overall. I really do think there's a difference there. I couldn't agree more. And within a marathon, having something that is more immediate feels really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Because it can be easy to all of a sudden be like, this is a lot or this is too much. And I think, Mm -hmm. and I I think you mentioned it earlier. It's important if you have that moment of like, it, you know, it is, you know, mile 37 out of, you know, 55, like, oh my gosh. I, th- mm-hmm. I do think having those wins and having that reminder mm-hmm. of, you know, what has happened and um, the great things that have come about and the people that have been mm-hmm. impacted in beautiful ways by it. And 
I don't, I think often people can be so disillusioned by what they haven't done. And that mm-hmm. pause sometimes to regroup and acknowledge, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. This is mm-hmm. what has happened. This is what's in progress. This is what's possible. I think that that makes a big difference with keeping morale in, in a place yeah. that you can keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I were to add anything, I would say, don't be afraid to share. You know, as you make those shifts and you start to see results happening from them and more impact happening from them, don't be afraid to share that with others. You'd be very surprised in just sharing the messy middle of what you're doing and the changes that you're making and why you're making them has the power to inspire so many other people to consider doing something differently too. Yes, all of that. (laughs) (laughs) All of that. Amazing, amazing. So for everything that you have shared, everything that you've been transparent about and let us be able to kind of share that journey with everyone today. I immensely appreciate you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. And for those that are listening If you um, are a part of the newsletters, you'll hear more and more about the things that are going on when um, the applications do open. We tend to share it publicly, so you're able to also share it with those that you think can benefit from it. And when there's great things coming, you never know what you can be a part of. So stay open. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. This conversation, (laughs) it. It, it evolved in ways that I'm I'm so grateful for in the same way that I work with um, MBI has. And it really has been great to work with the team members and knowing that we are supporting the instructors and all of the people that they impact um, in being able to be a part of shifting the coaching industry for good. Being a part of that type of impact is exactly what India and I live for here at Pause on the Play. And so, you know, for listening to what this conversation has laid out that's possible and just kind of, you know, what you might want to consider for your business and those that you support. So, so glad that you could take in this and think about it for yourself as you reconsider how you too can be a part of creating the impact and being the change that you want to see. So as always, for taking in these real conversations and for being a part of removing stigma and creating real change and connection. Thank you. As we together cross lines, recreate boundaries and continue to get more people dropping the veil and challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions. Thank you. You got this. We got you. So till the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take 
and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?